You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, welcome to season two of the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I am so excited today to talk to you about everything that I've been learning over the past six months. I took about a six month sabbatical. I really wanted to take some time and just like practice what I preach, like get off the internet and practice just being mindful and being present. And it has been so good for my soul. And I feel so ready though to like get back on and teach. I think there's this balance of of being there and learning and then also giving and teaching. And so I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this podcast episode. So I've heard this phrase a lot before, but I had it really solidified for me recently during a powerful, powerful experience. But the, the phrase is training the animal, training the animal within. I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but it's so powerful and I think you're going to, you're just going to, the way you view this, I hope after this podcast just magnifies and opens you up and that you love this phrase as much as I do. So I'm going to start out with a little story about a meditation I went to. As most of you guys know, I teach meditation. I teach yoga and meditation, but the style and type of meditation that I mainly practice is Shavasana at the end of a yoga class. So what I do is I teach a yoga class. We'll be breathing during our yoga class, we're moving, we're in a really like we try to get into a real present state of mind and then at the end of class we get down on our mat, we lay down for Shavasana, which is corpse pose, we get super comfortable and then we just be there and we just relax and we just get present. Honestly, you just get really present and just feel all the feelings that come in that experience and honestly, it's like such a beautiful type of meditation It's super good for beginners and I love it, but I actually had the experience to go to a very, very different style of meditation. The meditation that we did was done sitting in a wooden chair, straight up, no slouching, shoulders back, feet firmly on the floor. We wore eye masks and each meditation instead of like a 10 minute meditation like in Shavasana was about 30 minutes to an hour and a half. It wasn't meant to just make you feel good. (laughs) Although there were a lot of moments of feeling really good, that wasn't the purpose of this meditation. The purpose of these meditations is to help you produce mental fortitude. It was to help create discipline and focus and really just like, yeah, focus. We call it going into the fire because it really was meant to be uncomfortable and challenging. And it was, it was all of those things. (laughs) So over the course of this class, we had been together as a group all day. We started at 10 a.m. and we worked our butts off. Um, We were doing all sorts of stuff all day, like lots of activities. We were writing in our journals a ton. And then about 6 p.m. at night, we started our meditations. And I think total we did five or six meditations So that, if you do the math, we were meditating till about 2 a.m. It was so challenging. It was so intense. It was so difficult. And it honestly was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. We were training ourselves to stay awake, but also be present. I could go on and on about meditation, you guys. And I'm sure we will on another podcast. But today's podcast, I want to tell you about one of the experiences I had during one of the meditations. So it was our third meditation, actually. And I want to teach you guys what I learned during that meditation and how I think we could all apply it to our lives individually. So buckle up. It's story time. Okay. 
So I was in my third meditation of the evening. It's cold. We're in a garage in the town that I live. And I am uncomfortable. I'm with new people that I have never been with before, doing things that have thoroughly pushed me well out of my comfort zone. We're preparing for our third meditation, and it's 11 p.m. I'm wiped. I'm so exhausted. I am on hour 31 of a fast from food. We put on our eye masks and sit up straight in our chairs, and the meditation begins. I am fidgety at first. An itch here, my eye mask pushing against my skin, my ponytail feels too tight. I am uncomfortable. But I choose to focus. I remind my brain that for the next 30 minutes, it's just going to focus. I choose to focus on presence. For the first five minutes, I am just refocusing my brain. It is straight up like a squirrel, you guys. But after a couple of minutes of redirecting, it starts to calm down. My thoughts begin to slow, and I feel myself slipping into a very deep presence. I pass through the analytical mind, and I am just there. For a moment, it feels scary. When there's no thoughts there to protect you, it can feel a little unnerving. But I breathe, and it feels good. And it feels like pure peace. Immediately after moving into this different state of mind, I envision myself. I see myself sitting on a porch, as crazy as it sounds, rocking in a rocking chair. Stay with me. I look down and to the right, and there's a dog. The dog has two heads. My inner knowing immediately recognizes this to represent the mind and the body. And me, in the chair, a completely separate entity. A separate intelligence, a separate energy, a separate spirit. Shortly after this becomes known unto me, I am brought back into consciousness. I hear a knock on the garage door of the house we are meditating in. It's 11 p.m. My heart starts to race. Thoughts like, who is there? Am I safe? Should I rip my eye mask off? Why the freak am I in this house? This is a weird experience. Am I getting shot? Literally, that's where my brain went. Am I getting shot? My heart is beating so fast. It happens so fast. And immediately I feel anxious. I can feel fear literally running through my body. I refocus though. And I tell myself, it doesn't matter what's happening outside. Right now, we are meditating. That is my one goal, is to focus. So I see myself again on that rocking chair, right? My heart is still beating and racing, and I'm still a little stressed. And I see the dog that was sitting next to me jump up, and it starts barking and going crazy. It's trying to protect me. It's growling. It's howling. It wants me to know that there could be a threat. But my higher self knows that everything is fine, that I'm safe, that no one's trying to shoot me, that I'm in Mesquite, Nevada in a nice neighborhood, and if there was a legitimate threat, it wouldn't come as a faint knock on the door of a garage. I see myself on the rocking chair get up, grab the dog, and tell it to sit. I say it sternly. I tell the dog that there's no threat and to sit. 
It fights me for a second, but then it sits. I sit back in my chair and my heart stops beating fast and I feel complete peace and the dog was calm. Couple minutes later, after the initial threat was handled, I become aware that my brain has begun to chatter, which in a meditation isn't exactly the goal or the purpose. We don't want our brain chattering. So I start noticing I'm having all these random thoughts about who knows what entering my brain. I see myself on that rocking chair again. The dog gets up. It comes into my lap and it starts nuzzling its head. It wants attention. It wants me to entertain these thoughts. Pay attention to them. But I'm meditating, I say to myself. This is not the time to pay attention to random thoughts bouncing around in my head. I tell the dog subconsciously that I will give him attention later. But right now we are meditating. So sit. And for the remainder of my meditation, in numerous other moments, the dog gets up and for the rest of the time, I'm telling it to sit back down. The meditation ends. I take off my mask. I'm honestly like, what the heck was that? And I begin to write. Here's what I wrote. Our brain and bodies are tools, but just like having a great dog as your companion, an untrained dog is a burden. It becomes a problem instead of a help. Our mind and body are meant to be led and not the leaders. They are not meant to be the master. Your spirit, your highest self, is a separate entity. It is meant to lead and master the animal within. The Bible teaches to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Whoa, I just experienced that. Life and peace. By my breath physically... When I told the animal to sit and that there was no threat, my breath physically got longer and deeper and more open. And when, it, when the animal was going crazy, my mind and my body were going crazy and felt like there was a threat, I felt constricted and tight, like I couldn't breathe, like I was dying, right? Like we almost feel like we're dying. And when I told it to set, I felt peace. I was able to move on quickly from the circumstance and move on to where I'm wanting to go. Like an animal, just because you tell it once doesn't mean it's trained and that it will listen forever. It's a lifelong training and one well worth the price. It requires consciousness, mindfulness, and pure discipline. But as you do it, the dog begins to surrender. It starts to know its place. It begins to build trust with your spirit. It begins to work with your spirit. It becomes a partnership for growth instead of a stumbling block for struggle. That's what I wrote. So what does all of this mean? Let me tell you. There are things that you want to do. You probably have goals in your life. There's a person that you want to become, a destination you'd like to reach. We are literally wired for growth, for becoming. And I think that this is the way, by training the animal. How do we train the animal? How do we actually become spiritually minded instead of carnally minded? Well, I have some ideas for us. I think it is a mind-body-spirit connection. I think it is a yoking of the mind and the body and the spirit and getting them all to work together to lead us towards our highest self or towards God or eternal life or whatever you want to call it, right? So let's start in your mind, okay? We're going to start with our mind. Active thought work every freaking day. I feel so passionate about this. We have to be conscious about our thoughts. 
We have to know what we're thinking. We can't just let thoughts come in and out without allowing and opening up to it and being conscious creators of everything happening in our brain. We have to be able to reprogram our brain software to be aligned with our highest self. Self-deprecating. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to like, before I say this, I'm going to really say it. I really want you to hear this part. Self-deprecating, criticizing, pessimistic, and negative thinking have to be cut out like they are the devil himself. They will harm you. They will do you so much harm and they will never serve you. We have to do the thought work to cut that crap out of our life. You'll know if the thought aligns with your highest self by the fruit that it produces. Actively, all day, changing thoughts is part one to my formula to create an unlimited possibility and next level like creation and becoming. You have to become conscious about your thoughts. You can't let your mind manage you. You have to be the manager of your mind. Be the CEO. You are the boss of your mind. Tell it to sit. Tell that dog to sit down. You are the master. But you guys, you're not just a mind and I love thought work and it has literally changed my life. But I think when we just focus on that one aspect, we're missing a complete other side of the the coin, right? Which is the body. You have thoughts, but you also have feelings and they kind of go real close together. So let's step into the body now. You can't let your body be in charge just like you can't let your mind be in charge, right? Carnally minded, that means like letting your body be in charge. So I want to invite you guys to train the body, which means do something physically difficult every single day. Exercise, get up early, show yourself you can handle discomfort that comes from pushing yourself through difficulty. It's not that getting up early makes you good or bad. It's just that if it's hard for you and you do it over and over again, you are showing your body that you are in control. That just because it's tired doesn't mean it gets to do what it wants, right? Obviously, there's moments where we want to be able to give it rest. We want to be able to balance out that productivity with rest. And that's what a good master would do, right? So I'm not saying just push yourself to the point of like dying. That's not helping anything. But what I am saying is that train your body. Show yourself who's boss. Exercise. These little things, they they seem little, but they make a huge deal. Exercise. Fast. You guys, fasting is such a powerful practice that I feel like has like got washed away in our generation that people are like, they like intermittent fasting, but like, let's talk about like really like doing an actual like fast. I think it is such a powerful practice because it is an active way to actually train your body, right? Your body thinks or your body and your mind will tell you. It'll be like, oh, I need food right now because if I don't eat, I'm going to starve and I'm going to die. And if you're just like, okay, yep, yep, here's your food, right? Then a lot of times we end up with excess. We're eating excess food. Or maybe the goal is to not eat food for the day because we're fasting, right? We're trying to train. So you have to learn to tell your body what you want it to know and to sit, right? So I have to tell myself, I say, like when I'm fasting, something that I say is I'm like, I will feed you when it's time. I will never let you starve. I won't let myself starve. I won't. But... I know that we can do a day without food and I'm going to do it and you're going to do it and we're going to be fine. And in fact, we can even enjoy this. We don't even have to be miserable about it, right? So I love the practice of fasting. Stick with your nutrition plans. 
anything like that, you guys, like anything that, that pushes you physically, any of those things, like even your phone, like picking up your phone all day, like, can you put your phone down for a day, not use buffers? That is how you train your animal. It takes discipline and it is work, but it is work that is worth it. So before we move on to the spirit, because we've done mind and body, I want you to think this animal is your freaking dog. Your mind and your body are your tools to becoming. Are you going to treat them like crap? Like I said before, like we don't, we don't make the dog the run until it dies. Like you give it healthy amounts of productivity and rest. You feed it healthy foods, nourishing foods. You train it. You love it. You take good care of it. You don't feed it crappy thoughts from social media for five hours a day. You, this is your tool for the next 80 years, you guys. Treat it wisely. Love it. Become like a wise steward over it. Naya and I in homeschool, we just started reading a book called The Call of the Wild. Actually, we finished it. And there's a dog in it named Buck, and he has a bunch of crappy masters, right? There's sled leaders, sled dog leaders or whatever, like the, what are they called? You know, the person who leads this sled dog, whatever. So he gets a bunch of crappy leaders, like crappy masters. And they like overwork the dogs. They don't feed them. They don't take care of them. They are mean to them. They don't care. And the dogs get tired, sick. A bunch of them die. They don't work at their best capacity. They aren't able to finish their trips. And it's terrible. And then Buck gets a new master, a new sled dog leader, and his name is John Thornton. And he loves Buck. And they, like, have this connection. And Buck loves him. And he nurses Buck back into health. And he trains him. And he runs him. And he works him, but in a healthy way. And they talk about, like, their relationship, like, just how Buck trusted him so fully. And then at the end of the book, John, the leader, he bets that that Buck is able to pull this sled and everyone laughs. Like he bets a thousand bucks and everyone laughs. They're like, there's no way that dog can do it. There's no way any dog can can pull that much weight. And he's like, I think he can do it. And sure enough, Buck is able to do something that literally seemed impossible. And I had the thought when I was reading that, like that is because they were working in partnership. They were working together. They were, he was a wise steward over Buck. He loved Buck. Buck trusted him because of that. And I feel like if we can use our mind and body and let our spirit lead the way and be that wise steward, then we won't be carnally minded. We'll be feel peace and we'll feel more life and we'll be able to become what we were made to become. And it's so powerful and so meaningful, right? Your mind and your body is your tool. Take care of it. Okay, so next, the spirit. I want you to practice nourishing your spirit. This is going to look different for everyone. For me, this looks like practicing like some type of presence every day, like rocking my baby. So nourishing to my spirit. Things that feed my soul. So doing things that are important to me and that matter in the world. This looks like being congruent with my highest self. Some other like actual tangible things for me is like being in nature, worshiping, reading spiritual texts, being present with my family. This one is silly but true, like lighting a candle at a meal or like taking care of my home, praying, anything that feels nourishing to you. 
not what the world says you should be doing, but what like what feels nourishing to you. That's what I want you to focus on. And I want you to nourish your spirit in that way. This will change moment to moment. So allow for that change. There's different times that different, sometimes it's really nourishing to like for me to go on a workout. Like it just like feels good to my spirit. Like I need to run and move and it's just good. And other times it's like rest, you know? So you're just going to have to, to work with that. Another amazing way for me that I choose to use to nourish my spirit is through visualization and meditation. Visualizations are a practice that help you practice faith and belief ahead of time. So in a visualization, you're going to like close your eyes and the teacher will lead you through this visualization where you see what you want your day to look like or you'll see a future event and you you kind of create it in your mind and you feel the feelings ahead of time. You create that belief ahead of time and then you do you go in real life and you do those things from that belief and it creates really, really powerful results. And I love it because I think it's a good way to practice faith. I also love meditation. Meditation is going to be really similar. You're going to sit there, your eyes are closed, but I think meditation is more of a practice to help you get present and to believe certain thoughts. So there's lots of different ways you can visualize, lots of different ways you can meditate, but I think both of these are really, really powerful and I want to invite you to practice meditation and visualization if you aren't already doing that. Y'all, you are the master. You are not a victim to your circumstances. Everything that you need to control is already inside of you. You are powerful. Your mind and your body can be your greatest asset if you let it, if you train it, if you be a loving, kind master to it. Open yourself up to it. I really believe this is the way. I'm so freaking passionate about this because for so long, I just, I felt like my emotions had power over me. I felt like I couldn't handle hard things. Negative emotions took over. And I don't feel that as much anymore. And it's ever since I've been practicing this, training that animal within. So I want to invite you guys to practice this, to tell the dog to freaking sit, to be the master, to be the leader that you were meant to be over your mind and body and and be a good steward over it. Take care of yourself. Nourish your body with healthy recipes. Nourish your mind with good thoughts. Don't follow crappy crap on social media. Get off of there if you need to. I have a fun announcement too at the end of this podcast. I am about to launch a membership program where we're actually going to do this. We're going to have a mind, body, spirit membership where we're going to nourish the soul. We're going to meditate and visualize. We're going to do yoga. We're going to have physical challenges as a group, which I think is going to be really cool. And we're going to do thought work and I'm going to coach you guys and we're going to get those thoughts in alignment. So I'm really excited about this. It's going to be through an app and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be really pretty cheap. So stay tuned, keep your ears open and hopefully I'll see you in there. Okay, you guys, thanks for listening. Hey, if this podcast helped you, will you please send it to people you love or post it on your social media, like screenshot it or tag me or just write me a message. It just helps me so much and it helps other people know that it's here. So Thank you guys. Have a great day. Till next time.